And so today we're going to talk about being exceptional. We want to be exceptional. We don't want to be average in any aspect. And I hear this all the time, and you've heard it if you've been in the business world. And people say this in, in your personal life and in church life and in business life. And no matter where you're at across the board, you've probably heard this phrase. And people always say, oh, Joel, don't sweat the small stuff. Have you ever heard that? If you've heard that, just lift your hand real high. Don't sweat the small stuff. And I sit here and I think I could not disagree more. I could not disagree more on not sweating the small stuff. Because it's the small things that you begin to correct that make great teams great teams. And I can use this analogy today because it is Super Bowl Sunday. You have two teams that have been preparing for two weeks to play the biggest game of their life. And what do you think they're focusing on? They're not focusing on the big stuff. They got the big stuff in place. They're focusing on the small things. They're sweating the small things. They want to get the small things perfect so the big things are exponentially better. Amen? And so what I want to challenge you this morning is to start sweating the small stuff in your life. And as we go into this passage of Scripture, the Scripture of Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 4 that we just read, I want us to read a little bit about what Jesus is talking about. What is Jesus actually saying in this Scripture? The actuality of it. And the actuality of it is Jesus is not talking about a tree branch being stuck in your eye. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about a piece of stardust being stuck in Miss Sheila's eye. And he's not talking about a tree branch being stuck in Cody's eye. This is an analogy that he's using. So what is he actually talking about? What is God actually getting at when Jesus is doing this discourse? And another thing I want us to notice is how Jesus set this up. How Jesus set up this whole passage of scripture that we just read. And listen to how he set it up. It says, um, he starts out, judge not that you not be judged. The second part is taking the speck out of your brother's eye. But then he ends it saying this. But first, take the, speck, take the log out of your own eye. Now, Jesus started this whole passage like this. He started with the answer. Then he gives you the work part. And then he gives what you got to do first. Now, why did Jesus go step three, step two, step one, instead of step one, step two, step three? Have you ever wondered that when he wrote this? Jesus starts out, and he gives you the answer first, and then he goes to step two, and then he goes to step one, because he ends the passage with, first, take the speck, or take the log out of your own eye. Then you can see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Then, with what measure you judge, then you're going to be judged with. So he starts with step three, goes to step two, and then goes to step one. Well, have you ever said the phrase, if I only knew? Come on, you know what I'm saying? If I only knew what it would have been like if I did this, if I would have knew the answer before I actually went out, if I would have seen just five years down the road, this is why all the adults in the room say, oh, you need to enjoy those years when your kids are young. And all the people with young kids saying, if I only knew. <laughs> Jesus. And, and then all of us who are out of high school, and you're about 10, 15 years out of high school, me, 18 years out of high school, you're looking back saying, if I only knew if I only knew, I would have did this different. Some of you are in, in retirement age and you're about to retire and your kids have moved off to different states and you're in all different aspects of your life and you're thinking, if I only knew how short life was, I would have done my career just a little bit differently. Money wasn't everything in my career. Some of you who are in high school, junior high, you're thinking, if I only knew what I knew in third and fourth grade, it would have changed my thinking now. Some of you are thinking that are in junior high, about to go into high school. If I only would have knew then, some of you are in high school, if I only would have known how serious college was in eighth grade, I would have made better decisions going into ninth grade. And a lot of us look back and think, if I would have made right decisions in third, fourth, and fifth grade, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, hey, if I actually would have studied in high school, <laughs> no telling where I could have got to. 
So the phrase that we in the American culture love is, if I only knew, and that's our big excuse of why we're not living up to our potential today. Well, Jesus starts with step three, and then goes to step two, and then goes to step one, because he's cutting out all excuses of, if I only knew, Joel, if I only knew what the the consequences would have been, I would have done it different. So Jesus said, here's the full consequences. I'm giving you the answer before I give you the steps to do it. Because he wanted to get you, get your attention and say, listen to me this morning. Understand this today. Here's the full measure. Here's this full picture of everything that I'm talking about. And if you're going to get this full picture, then I'll tell you about step two. But first, you got to go to step one. So Jesus, in his great infinite wisdom, began to write the, the whole discourse, this section of the discourse in the American culture, actually backwards, but in the wisdom of God, he wrote it absolutely perfect. And some of y'all are thinking, Jesus didn't write this, he spoke it. Yes, I understand. Jesus spoke this absolutely perfect, okay? And so as Jesus spoke this absolutely perfect, he begins to go through it, and he begins to go down to step three, which is judge not lest you be judged. Then he talks about, to, he talks about taking the speck out of someone else's eye. But then he goes to finally, or I guess we should say first, he says take the log out of your own eyes. So I want to begin, since you finally know the answer already, where Jesus ended with, which is where we're going to begin with, and work through this discourse backwards according to the, the scriptures. First thing I need you to remember this morning is your small things better become big things. Your small things better become big things in your life. And I want to emphasize this point. Your small things better become big things because James 3, 5 says this. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small spark. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small spark. How many of y'all have cars in here? If you have a car, just lift your hand really high. I mean, really high. Okay, we got 10 people driving cars. If you got a car, if you own a car, lift your hand really high. Hold it up. Don't be ashamed. We're good. Okay, you all got cars. Thank you. You can put your hand out. Have you ever had a car that's had an oil leak? If you've had a car that's had an oil leak and you're driving down the road and you just, you're growing along and you don't notice the light, the lights don't come up on your dashboard immediately. But what usually happens is when you have a small oil leak, you park somewhere and then you back out and you notice and you're like, hmm, I don't remember those spots being on the ground when I pulled in. But you pass it off like, oh, that's probably not my car, probably not my problem, probably not my issue, probably not what, it doesn't even pertain to me. And so you begin to back out and you begin to go on your merry way of life. The small things, they really don't matter anyway, right? And then after you drive for another month or so, you're parked in your garage and you begin to back out. And that small little drop a month ago is now about the size of your cell phone every time you park. And that drop that's about the size of your cell phone makes a light go off in your head that says, oh, maybe this is my problem and not somebody else's car. And now that you recognize and take responsibility that it is your problem and not somebody else's car, you have the next thought in your mind that says, honey, we've got to get the car fixed. Honey, we've got to get the car fixed because it's leaking oil. And here's the the answer to the spouse. Okay, yes, uh, remind me on Monday and I'll make an appointment. So let's make an appointment and let's get the car fixed on Monday. But hey, schedules happen. And because it's just a little thing, it's a little bit bigger than it originally was, but it's still not major schedules happen we end up not getting it fixed that week and you're driving down the road and all of a sudden lights come up on the dashboard everything's begin to happen and the engine starts smoking and you then begin to invoke the name of jesus oh lord jesus <laughs> my car is falling apart jesus can you get me to the next service station jesus i'm just praying for a miracle i'm calling on the name of god the mountains are going to move the ocean's going to split amen I mean, you at that moment have more faith and you're exercising more faith than you've ever used in your life. Why? Because you didn't sweat the small stuff. 
You didn't sweat the small things that are going on. The little thing that was just a little thing has now become a big thing in your life. And now you are stuck and stranded on the side of the road and you can't go anywhere. Your engine is locked up. See, the thing about oil in a car, it, 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 is, it is literally a life-giving force to the car. Without the oil, the car cannot run. Without the, the oil, the car engine locks up and breaks down and actually freezes, and you have to get a whole new engine. Without oil in the car, the life of the car is non-existent. Without the oil in the car. How did you get to that point? It was just one drop of oil coming out of the engine. It was just one small drop that took place. It was just... A one small drop over time but the problem is that little thing became a ginormous thing in the midst of your life some of you are wondering what does that have to do with my spiritual walk it's the same thing listen to what the Bible says over here in the book of Ephesians the Bible says this and do not grieve the Holy Spirit for whom by you were sealed for the day of redemption now listen let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you alongside with all malice See, the amazing thing about the Word of God is this. The Holy Spirit in the Bible many times is referenced as oil. It's referenced as oil. And when you don't sweat the small things in your life that you know are wrong, if you don't sweat the gossiping, if you don't sweat the small white lies, there is no such thing as a small white lie, if you don't sweat the little things of integrity, if you don't start sweating those issues, over time, they become big issues. And little did you know, the power of the Holy Spirit, the life force on the inside of you, begins to leak out slowly but surely. And after about six months of avoiding the little things, your life locks up. You're in the midst of a crisis, and then you begin to call upon the name of Jesus. But it could have all been avoided. It could have all been stopped a long time ago. See, Jesus over here in this parable, not in this parable, in the discourse of the Sermon on the Mount, he said, first, take the log out of your own eye. Then you can deal with the speck in somebody else's. How does this infer to your life? Jesus is saying it doesn't matter how little you think little is because little can come a, become a big thing pretty quick. Little can become a large thing really fast. Little, the little drop of oil, now begins to have a whole car shut down. We have many believers in their life because we don't sweat the small stuff. We think we can get by, with, get by with all the little things that aren't right in our life and God's going to be okay with it. I'm going to ask you to begin to start sweating the small stuff. How many of you notice if you ever run a business and you notice a dollar missing here or a dollar missing there, over time it's not a dollar here or a dollar there. It ends up being thousands of dollars here, thousands of dollars there. And y'all are thinking, yeah, that's just unacceptable in business. How much more is it unacceptable in our spiritual life? How much more should it be unacceptable to let the small things slide in our spiritual life? I'm telling you, God wants to break some people free this morning of the insignificant things that you think are so insignificant today. God wants to set you free in a way you've never imagined. The Bible in Ephesians, a lot of the small things are more dangerous than one big thing. A lot of little small things are more dangerous than one big thing. Let me give you an example of this. Can I see you, Matt Madison? Y'all give Matt a hand. He's looking good this morning. And I got to pick on Matt this morning because he's one of my CrossFit buddies. We hang out at the gym quite a bit. He's a beast in the gym and I love him. I'm going to pick on him just a little bit this morning. But here's the thing. A bunch of little small things are more dangerous than one big thing. I have right here a simple roll of thread. Now, I want you to hold this. Hold it really tight. Don't let it go, okay? I'm just going one time. Now, I'm going to go twice. He's, he's a pretty strong dude. All right, here we go. This is two rounds of thread, Matt. I know this is going to be really tough. All right, now hold that. Really tight. Now, I got it on your, your big, awesome 
manly arms. Now here's what I need you to do. I just need you to break it, just like that. Just break it. Well, you can break thread. You, you really can. There he goes. Snapped it. Give him a hand clap this morning. That's awesome. Here's the thing about that one thread. A lot of little small things are more dangerous than one big thing. Now I need, I need two really big old guys. Norman, can I use you and your, your constable friend from Dallas this morning? Can y'all come up here? I mean, these are some awesome guys. Y'all give them a hand clap this morning. Now, what is this that I have in my hand? A simple rope. But this simple rope is not made up of, of one big rope. It's made up of millions of those little threads that he just had interwoven together. Some are blue and some are white, all interwoven together. And like I said, a lot of little things are more dangerous than one big thing. And good Lord, we got some big people in this church. <laughs> Can somebody give me a stool or a chair or something? Now this should wrap around Matt twice. So just wrap this around his arms twice and y'all wrap him up good. I mean, time down, tight. Now, Matt, you're CrossFit. you can, you got to beat this. I expect you to break this rope. That rope don't even go around him twice. Are you kidding me? I figured 10 feet was good enough. We're going to put it up here. Now, hold it really tight, Norm. Tie it in a knot if you can. Can you knot that? Tie that in a knot. I mean, just wrap it up good. I mean, yeah, I'm telling you. This is first. In We're going way beyond the norm in church. All right, we got it tied tight. Now, make sure he don't untie it. I want to make sure that he... I need you to break that, Matt. Go beast. Come on, we got CrossFit here. Come on. Make Dub proud. Come on, go, go. Why not? It's just a bunch of threads. It's just a bunch of threads. It's just a bunch of little things put together. You, you can't break that. You broke the one real easy. What happened? All right, y'all cheer him on. Yeah, he's got to break this rope. Come on. Come on, cheer him on. All right, one more time. Everybody count with me. On count of three, he's going to break it. One, two, three, go. Ugh. All right, everybody on your feet. We got to help him out. On your feet. Everybody stand up. Start cheering. Start cheering. Start cheering. Give it a loud cheer. Ready? One, two, three, go. Break it. Go, Matt. Go, Matt. Go. Ah. All right, my whole message is shot. He didn't break it. It is just a bunch of threads. He had the one thread wrapped around twice. Pow, snapped it. No problem. It's just a bunch of threads. Why do I bring this up this morning? It's just a bunch of threads because a lot of little things are more dangerous than one big thing. Some of y'all are thinking about the biggest sin issue you have in your life. I cannot happen to kick God this one habit or I cannot happen to kick this one problem. I cannot happen to kick this one thing. And you're thinking about the biggest sin issue you have in your life. My thought process is when you start knocking out a bunch of the little sin issues you have in your life, the big ones begin to fall because a lot of little sin issues usually end up making your big prominent issue more prominent. Hear me on this this morning. Your little issues must begin to be, get bigger in your eyes because there are no such thing as small and significant issues this morning. It's threads, but a bunch of threads tied up together we couldn't break. Listen, did you even hear what happened? Everybody was watching him. First of all, with no encouragement from the body of Christ. And he was there straining and he couldn't break it. Then I said, y'all start encouraging him in the body of Christ. And he couldn't break it. Finally, I said, everybody on your feet. And everybody was cheering and cheering. But he still could not break free because of a bunch of little issues bonded together were so strong. Even the encouragement of the body of Christ couldn't help him get out of it. It took somebody from the body of Christ to untie him to get him out of it. 
So all your cheering, all your clapping for your friends, all your attaboys, all your you're walking a good walk is all great when you're encouraging people. But sometimes we get into a place where just cheering us on isn't good enough. Mitch, we physically got to walk to our body and our brothers and begin to untie the little threads that have bounded them over and over and over and over again. Church, if we're going to do this, it's time to go times two. I don't want you cheering people on from their uh, getting out of their sin issues from a distance. I'm ready for you to link up arm in arm with somebody and begin to walk with them till they're set free. Begin to walk with them so the little threads that have held them and have bound up and now are a big rope that are holding them together and they can't break free of. Cody, you may not be able to break every thread either, but you may have a knife and he can cut one thread at a time and eventually he's going to get the rope weak enough where the body of Christ can come and break it off. Listen to me. When you begin to sweat the small things, a lot of little things are more dangerous than one big thing. See, the fact of the matter is there's no such thing as one big thing. We deal with this in counseling all the time. People come in and say, I've got this problem, and we realize that after talking with them for 30 minutes, that's not even their problem. That's the, the symptom of another problem. That's the symptom of another problem. That's the symptom of another problem. And the root issue is this. And once we begin to handle the root issue, this problem goes away, that problem goes away, this problem goes away, and now this big problem that they thought was a big problem really wasn't even a problem anymore. In your life, I want you to understand that when you let a bunch of little things begin to come in and infiltrate, it'll begin to tie you down larger than the one big thing you're thinking about. A school of piranhas are not very big. Piranha is a very small fish. Piranhas usually don't get much bigger than that. I mean, I know they got the myth stories out there, and you can watch River Monsters because Jeff's got me hooked on all those crazy Discovery Channel shows. And you got these big crazy... But by and large, piranhas are not big fish. You get enough piranhas together, they'll take down any animal of any size and devour it to the bones in less than three to five minutes. See, one big fish isn't your issue. You get enough little sins nipping at you all day long, they're going to trip you up worse than one big sin issue ever could. So some of you this morning who are thinking, my life is good. Pastor, I really don't have any big issues. I'm not worried about your big issues. It's time to sweat the small stuff. It's time to worry about the log in your eye so you can focus on helping your brother get out of the situation that he's in. I need you to understand that small issues aren't small issues at all and that a lot of small things are more dangerous than big things. Listen to this. The best ministers are the ones who realize how big their small issues really are. The best ministers are the ones who realize how big their small issues really are. And when I say ministers, many of you are turning your mind towards pastors, Sunday school teachers. That's not the case. If you're born again and you're in the body of Christ, you are considered a minister according to the word of God. In fact, if you're a man and you're married here this morning, you're the Bible says you're the priest of your house, not me. Okay, so ministers all across this room, the best ministers in the world realize this, how big their small issues really are. Because like I said, a school of piranhas will take down a creature of any size in a matter of minutes. Listen to this. The best ministers in the world are the ones who realize how big their small issues really are. There is no such thing as a small issue in my life. Anything that separates me from God, anything that separates me from God immediately becomes a big issue. Anything that starts pushing me away from God the Father becomes a big issue. Anything that begins to interrupt my quiet time with God becomes a big issue. Anything that begins to infringe on my walk becomes a big issue. See, one thread isn't hard to operate with. If I wanted to, I could bring Matt up here and I could wrap the thread around him again and say, Matt, go about your daily life. And he'd be like, okay, and he could do a lot of stuff. The problem is it didn't have a big effect, but it still affected it. The big issues are not what I'm concerned with. It's making the little issues as big in your eyes as they are in God's eyes. Because here's why. 
the road to sin or whatever major sin you want to talk about isn't built in a day. It's built one pebble at a time. The road to addictions isn't built in a day. It's built one pebble at a time. Because first you were tempted and you said no. The second time you were tempted and you just began to stand by and watch. The third time you were tempted and said, hmm, I'll go to the party anyway. The fourth time you were tempted and said, I'll try that at the party. The fifth time you said, hmm, where this time over here was not even a consideration. Now you're actually there in the midst of it. So here's the thing about your life. Whenever the little things become big issues in your life, then God can begin to set you free on every issue in your life. Whenever the things that we think, oh, this is just a little issue in the church. I've, do- I've talked about it with elders and staff nonstop this year. There are no such things as little issues in the church. A little backbiting here, a little backbiting there is not a little issue. It's a big issue because a little backbiting here and a little backbiting there, and three months down the road, you got World War III. There is no such thing as a little issue. I need you to understand in your life there's no such things as little issues in your life. I want to read you this scripture, and it says, There was a certain creditor who had two debts, and one owed 500 denarii and the other owed 50. And then they had nothing to which repay the guy for what they owed. So he freely forgave them both of their debt. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him more? And Simon answered, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Now the problem with this scripture is, is this right here. Many people read this scripture at face value thinking that other people have bigger sin issues than you have. People read that and they say, oh, I know there are people out there who are worse sinners than me. So I don't really have to worry about it. I know there are people out there who have done worse things than I could ever think about doing, so I'm not going to worry about it. But here's the thing. We've read this with the wrong perspective because James goes on to say, for whoever shall keep everything in the law, yet stumble at one point, is guilty of the whole law. It is not about who has the greater sin. It's about who has the right perspective on how great of a separator their sin is. It's not who has the greater sin. It's who has the right perspective on how great of a separator their sin is. Listen, I know there are people in this room who've done crazy worse amounts of things than I've ever done, and I know there's things, people in this room who, who have, who've I've done crazy amount of worse things than you've ever done. And who's the greater sinner? Who's the greatest sinner in the group? Paul even gets into this argument. He says, I'm the greatest sinner of all. <laughs> Paul even says it. See, the problem is, it's not who's done the most sin, it's who realizes how great of a separator sin is. See, the scriptures goes on to say, he who has been forgiven much, loves much. A lot of people just don't realize how much you've been forgiven of. The issue is not how much you've sinned, it's you don't realize how much you've been forgiven of. The issue is not, I told a little white lie, and this person committed child abuse, sexual indecency with the child. He's for sure the greater sinner. Not according to the word of God, necessarily. See, because all of it separated us from God. And listen, if I'm separated from God by 20 feet and you're separated from God by the Grand Canyon, listen, neither one of us are getting to him. Neither one of us are getting to him if we're both separated. It doesn't matter if it's 20 feet. It doesn't matter if it's 2,000 feet or 2,000 miles. Separated from God is separated from God. And in fact, the biggest tragedy is most people who are 20 feet from God think they're better off than the people who are 2,000 miles from God. But the issue is they're going to die 2,000 miles from God knowing their desperate need for him. You're going to die 20 feet from God thinking, I'm okay. I don't want to die 20 feet from God thinking I'm okay. Because Heath, I can't long jump 20 feet. There's no way I can get to God from here to there. I can't do it. So it doesn't matter how little I think my sin is, it still has separated me from Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth. And if it's separated me from Him, it doesn't matter if it's 20 feet, 200 feet, or 2,000 miles. Separation is separation. 
And when you don't sweat the little things in your life, every little thing is another foot. And so from 20 feet, 21 feet, 22 feet, 23 feet, separated is separated. It doesn't matter who can long jump the farthest if we're both falling short. It doesn't matter who can bench press the most weight if the weight still lands on your chest and crushes you. It doesn't matter what the separation distance is because separation is separation and there is no way around it. And this is why James said, listen, if you've been perfect and you've fulfilled every letter of the law except one point, one little point, you're guilty of just as much as the person who's broke every law that there is. So all you who came in this morning saying, I got these big issues, you're probably thinking, I don't know where to go from now because I still got big issues. All you people who came this morning says, I'm doing pretty good in life. You're probably thinking, now I got a lot of issues. And good, because when you start letting God take care of the little things in your life, the big things will begin to come into place. Thing about little issues or big issues, Jesus died for all the issues. Big or small, it doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you haven't done. Jesus still died. And the only way for that 20-foot gap or that 2,000-mile gap to be crossed was through what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. When that cross, when he was crucified on that cross, it made a bridge across that chasm for you and for me. And listen. A lot of people say it's for you to cross over and be with God. I believe differently. I believe it was for God to cross over and be back with us. That's why he said, after you're gone, Jesus, and up with me, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to abide with you forever. He did not immediately rapture the church and bring us all up. He brought himself down to abide with us forever. Theologically, look at it however you want to. Yes, you did cross that gap, and you're in the presence of God. More than you crossing that gap, God crossed that gap to be with you and come into your life. So God didn't just leave heaven when Jesus came to this earth. Actually, God left heaven in the midst of creation and walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the breeze in the time of the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the evening day. Jesus left heaven and came down here to be with us to die for our sinful transgressions. The Holy Spirit left heaven and came down here to be with us so we can live in power, victory, and be overcomers right here in this world, the world that we live in. That's why Jesus said, Thy kingdom come! Not this earth go. He said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on this earth. So your gap was crossed by your God on his cross to meet you right here for your little issue. Your issue ain't so little anymore. Because any time that issue is there, it separates us again. And I don't want you to be the point where one day you're driving down the road and your car completely shuts down because you let a bunch of little issues build up. I don't want a bunch of little issues to tie you up so tight you eventually can't break free. I want you to be set free this morning.